Affirmation Whiskey, 2153 Zulu, wind 060 at 5. Seriously, Mike Juliet, this is Archer Radar Contact. Azure's weather information from Minnesota, available on flight service frequency. You've dialed in the Flying Midwest Podcast, connecting aviators from across America's heartland. Sharing news, information, and events from around the region. Sit back, relax, and join our crew for some hangar talk as we discuss a wide variety of regional aviation topics. And now, from our home at the Anoka County Blaine Airport, our checklist is complete and we're ready for departure for another episode of the Flying Midwest Podcast. What's going on, everyone? Jim here with the Flying Midwest Podcast. So happy you're able to join us. On this episode, we speak with Elle Taylor, a student pilot and brand ambassador for Piper Aircraft. She'll discuss with us her journey into aviation, as well as what it means to be a brand ambassador. And as always, news, information, and events from around the region, with some friendly hangar talk along the way. So strap in, because we're ready for takeoff, into this episode of the Flying Midwest Podcast. Welcome to the Flag Midwest Podcast. My name is Trevor. I'm here with my two favorite co-hosts, Jim and Maddie. Hey, what's up? How are you guys doing? Who's not your favorite co-host? <laughs> He's not his favorite co-host. Me, I'm not my favorite co-host. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I, take, I take second I... fiddle on that one. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we are our own harshest critics. So what do we have on the docket for this week? So what we've got this time around is we have Elle Taylor. She is a Piper brand ambassador and a student at Minnesota State University in Mankato studying aviation. She'll talk to us about being a brand ambassador with Piper as well as joining the aviation community. Before we jump into that, we've got some news and events, and I think we're going to start with the big one. So as we recorded our last episode, the news broke of the invasion into Ukraine, and we as the three of us immediately started talking about some of our thoughts, not just on, you know, an aviation perspective, but just the, the whole of that invasion and the implications for that. So we do want to touch on that just a little while at the start of this. So some of the immediate implications were, what does this look like on a global stage, but obviously a really tragic situation for anyone involved over there. But it's hard not to think too about what that, is going to do for some of the markets here, um, especially for us as it comes to aviation fuel. How much is that going to jack those prices up? We're already seeing some wild price per gallon in some areas of the country. Yeah, looking up the local airport here was like 608 a gallon. Yeah. For 100 low lead. So California is not bad right now, 559, 495. Not bad. But you get, in, East Coast? you get into uh, like San Jose, there's 791, Ooh. 844 if you get into the San Francisco area. Good grief. Murray Field in Eureka is $9.99 a gallon for a low lead. Good grief. Oh boy. So there's some websites to track regionally uh, what the current uh, prices by region. And um, in our region, the, the Midwest, it's on average, 566 a gallon as they have compiled that data from all these different airports. When you look at the Southwest, it's 635 a gallon average. Um, and in the Northwest, it's like 614. That's the more expensive parts of the country right now. I think another interesting story that's come out of Ukraine is the ghost of Kiev. You want to talk about that a little bit, Trevor? So this is kind of anecdotal. And, I, and, and quite honestly, if it's true, it's some of the most remarkable feats of air-to-air -air combat that we've seen in this century, where we had a MiG-29 of the Ukrainian Air Force shot down uh, uh, a Su-35, which is a kind of like the next generation fighter for, for Russia. Reports are kind of scattered on it, but the ghost of Kiev is one Vladimir Abdanov. Now, some people say that he was actually trained in the United States for dogfighting, which I don't know if that's actually the case, but he is credited with, uh, with being the first ace 
in the 2000s. Lore has it that he would fly into Poland, refuel, rearm up, and he'd go right back into the fight. It is said that he was taken down by a surface-to-air missile from the Russian front. So though we don't know exactly if he is true, it is kind of the legend that heroes are made of, and really the same fabric, if you will, of how aviation kind of got started with pioneers. So against overwhelming odds, it is incredible that one pilot could really make or break the morale of an entire nation and to be able to rally the troops to, uh, you know, to repel an invading force against overwhelming odds. So it's kind of, it's, if it's true, it's incredible. If it's not, it's great lore. When it comes to social media and things like that, I'm kind of a skeptic of most things that I see. And that, that was the first thought I had with this, that uh, that can't be a thing. But the more I've seen of how this has progressed, the more I'm thinking this could maybe be a thing. Um, as we've seen a number of times where you'd think a nation that's supposed to be a superpower like this would have just steamrolled Ukraine. And they've been stalled on a number of different fronts. So you start to go, maybe this is a thing. Regardless of if or if not, the ghost of Kiev is an actual real person, what we can see clear as day is that the Ukrainians do not give up as a people. They just don't. They're holding back a world superpower, which is so impressive. But then again, are they? They're considered. I know they're, cons- I know they're considered. And I'm, I'm not going to win over a lot of people by saying this, especially my <laughs> Russian friends. I've got- well, I don't. Personal opinion, I don't know if they're a superpower, but just in general, in in the world, like, consciousness, it seems to be, you know, they're one of them. They have, you know, they have resources, some, and they've got, you know, their own stuff going for them, but. But they're, they're highly, they're highly, um, and this gets into the politics of it, but. Yeah, I don't know if that's. Right, but they're, they're highly uh, corrupt. As oh, a, they're corrupt and they're dependent on a lot of other countries. Right. So a, as an American, it's actually kind of reassuring because the Ukrainians are using a lot of NATO's and our military resources to take down a lot of the Russians, that, they're, that the Russians aren't able to counteract our stuff as much, which I think is a whole story in and of itself. It's impressive just how much the world as an entire whole has united against Russia in this. They're like... Any, every country, even Switzerland, who is notorious for being neutral, has been sending stuff over mm-hmm. to Ukraine. So the headline is, Ghost of Kiev, a legend born of social media, but is he real? Dun, dun, dun. <gasps> you know, speaking of born of social media, when the news of the Antonov 225 came out, I thought, that that's BS. There's not enough information. We don't know what's really going on. Everyone says it's been destroyed, but no one really knows. Right until they show the pictures that it had absolutely been destroyed. Yeah, the hangar is just uh, like a hole in the ground now. The thing about the 225, or is it's known in uh, Ukraine, it's the Mira, which uh, also means the dream. The Ukraine posted about it on Twitter, as is becoming regular news now, but they uh, did post that it was destroyed by Russia, unfortunately, but they did make the solid promise that they will rebuild the plane. And they said, and I quote, we will fulfill our dream of a strong, free, and democratic Ukraine. They posted a picture that was labeled, they burned the biggest plane, but our Maria will never perish. So although some people had their doubts about um, if they would be able to rebuild or not, um, it does say, some sources say that they do want uh, Russia to end up paying for it uh, because they destroyed it. You break it, you pay for it. Because it is such a, a point of national pride, I know that they'll stick to their guns on this one. I think the 225 will fly again. But hey, they're they're wanting to rebuild. I think that's solid. They can do it. And man, they could crowdfund it and it would get funds in, you know, 20 minutes probably. The international investment in this aircraft, I think is unprecedented. I have seen every single Facebook group, online forum, everybody is extremely upset about this. Well, it's such an iconic aircraft. You know, it's the largest cargo aircraft in the world. So it is the heaviest and is only outdone by wingspan by two aircraft, the Spruce Goose and the Strata Launch. So back in 2014, before I deployed to Afghanistan for my first overseas tour, I actually got to stand in the front of the nose of the 225. No, you didn't. That's yeah, you so shared cool. that picture, didn't you? Yeah, I shared that picture of you me when I, when I was a young airman. 
the country of Ukraine actually estimates the repair costs to be three billion U.S. dollars. That's with a B, billion, three billion. I'm I'm sure they'll get it, one way or another. I certainly hope so, because that was, that is an iconic airplane. It was dreamy. It just didn't look like it was supposed to fly, but it it flew very well. So all in all, certainly an unprecedented time that we're experiencing right now, where a, a large country is invading another. It's something we haven't seen in quite some time. So certainly the people of Ukraine are within our thoughts as well. Moving on to some regional news. The legislature in Kansas is now looking at a bill that will address the annoyance caused by wind turbine lights in rural areas. Obviously, as aviators, we depend on those lights to identify where those hazards are, especially at night and low light conditions. But for those living in the rural areas, it is a bit of a nuisance having the flashing lights adorn their sky all night long. Having driven past them at night, I can attest that it is a sea of red flashy lights. Oh yeah, absolutely it is. It's horrible. It's god awful. One citizen had talked about that. When the sun goes down, the sky just becomes a big long line of red lights flashing for miles. So what the Kansas legislature is proposing in Senate Bill 478 is a light mitigation technology that would still be within compliance of federal aviation regulations. Essentially, essentially what that means is our aircraft work on radar technology to begin with. So what these lights would do is when an aircraft is in the vicinity, the lights themselves would turn on. Otherwise, those lights generally stay off and it would reduce the amount of time overall that those lights are flashing in the night sky. Uh, Kansas is also not the first state to look at this as North Dakota law has also required this technology in most wind farms. That's kind of interesting. It is. I wonder what, I wonder what kind of investment they would need monetarily to retrofit them and get a uh, get a serviceable radar to identify whether an aircraft is in the vicinity or not. Yeah, I don't know the specifics of how the technology would work, but uh, in reading the article, it looks like the only concern has come from the Department of Defense. And they talk about, you know, there are times where they're doing their sneaky military stuff and they don't necessarily want to be seen on radar. Um, so they do have a little bit of a concern in that regard, but it sounds like they are talking about how that could play out um, in those situations. In other news, uh, getting a little bit more Midwest, uh, talking about Waterloo, Iowa. I'm going to stop you real quick. Did you just imply once again that Kansas is not in the Midwest? I said more. I was talking about this at dinner you with said, uh, my more, parents. You said more Midwest after a story about Kansas. Back to more in the Midwest. <laughs> yeah. Again, exiling Kansas. Back to <laughs> just, the real Midwest. I just needed to put that out on a platter for our listening audience. All right, you carry on. <laughs> <clears throat> back to our neck of the woods. Up in Waterloo, Iowa, back on March 5th, a plane slides off the end of the runway due to inclement weather. Now, this airplane is, a, is actually a 737, as if they haven't had enough issues with the 737 in recent years. This one was a charter aircraft coming out of uh, Dane County Regional Airport out of Madison, Wisconsin. And there were about 88 people on board, none of which were injured, thankfully. The aircraft was scheduled to fly from Waterloo to uh, Laughlin, Bullhead City, Arizona. And it was a charter of some sort, but it was for Caesars Entertainment, largest casino operator in, in the uh, United States. The aircraft was, uh, was partnered with Swift Air and Iero Airways as part of the whole operation. Now, the city and the FAA are investigating as to what actually transpired. This is actually kind of an interesting story because it goes back to one of our first episodes. I think it was our very first episode where we talked about uh, runway condition assessment matrix, inclement weather, all that sort of stuff. So this ties in very, very realistically as to how dynamic winter flying can really be. We're glad that everybody is safe and sound. Well, all turned out all right. I wonder if they have slot machines on those planes. Oh, Maddie. I'm sorry I thought of it while Trevor was talking. I'm like, you know what would be the dumbest thing to say? That's going to stay in the episode, I think, because it's funny. Oh. <laughs> okay. Over to Michigan we go, where a Michigan police officer is honored with the Helicopter Association International Law Enforcement Award. Sergeant Matt Rogers is a state trooper with the Michigan State Police Aviation Unit. He is this year's recipient of the Excellence in Law Enforcement Award. Rogers, who's a private pilot and a 19-year member of the Michigan State Police, is credited with building their 
tactical flight officer program, as well as their unmanned aerial system programs. Uh, tactical flight officers, for those not familiar, um, involve ensuring the safety and successful ground support in a law enforcement operation. They typically will run the radios, assist with collision avoidance, and other things that could affect the safety of the flight itself. As for the UAS side, he is credited with being uh, the first police department in the country to receive a statewide authorization for UAS operations in uncontrolled airspace and further developed approval for day and night usage in controlled airspaces with emergency exceptions into the class Bravo airspace as necessary. The program has evolved from usage in simple crimes to crashing documentation, overwatch situations, and building searches. So congratulations, Sergeant Rogers. All right. Who's excited for Oshkosh? I know I am. So we got word that the famous B-29 Doc is returning to AirVenture this year. So Doc is one of two airworthy Boeing B-29s in the entire world. And it'll be both on static display in Boeing Plaza and will have air show appearances. Schedule still being finalized. So this bomber will actually be helping to commemorate the U.S. Air Force's 75th anniversary at Oshkosh. This year's AirVenture will feature aircraft from throughout the Air Force's history, um, from its creation out of the Army Air Forces in 1947 to today's modern military aircraft. DOC itself was actually rescued from the Mojave Desert in 1987, and it was meticulously restored over a 30-year period. Made its first air show appearance in 2017 and included a legendary flight at Oshkosh that year, with the commemorative Air Force's B-29 Fifi, marking the first time two B-29s had flown together in formation in approximately 60 years. So that's obviously super cool. I actually got to see that, which was incredible. And definitely, if you haven't made it out to AirVenture before, definitely recommend it. It is a time you will not want to miss. Hey, do you guys want to talk about some events? Maddie kind of let us in with Oshkosh. I know, right? Yeah. It's getting me all jazzed up for all these different events. Let's hit it. Are you a pilot in Minnesota? I am. Would you like to pilot in Minnesota? I do. If if you are either of those things, you will not want to miss the 8th annual Great Minnesota Aviation Gathering, also known as GMAG. It'll be on May 20th and 21st. That is a Friday and Saturday of 2022 at Buffalo Municipal Airport. That's Charlie Foxtrot Echo in Buffalo, Minnesota. That is west of the Twin Cities. So if you're located anywhere in the suburbs, we are not far. So this year, they actually have heated hangars for the event instead of tents. Very exciting. Sounds like they're going to have a lot to provide. So they have um, on the docket our hangar flying sessions. So uh, they are having a variety of dynamic speakers to provide a series of presentations on important piloting topics. They'll have a lot of exhibitors, which right now, if you are an exhibitor, you can sign up to be a part of that. There will be chapter leaders from the EAA from across the street. And they're actually going to be bestowing Master Pilot Awards from the FAASD. So if you would like to exhibit at this event, make sure to sign up on the website. And if you would like more information, please go to mnpilots.org slash gmag. ADSB not required. Hey, you guys ready for our guest this week? Absolutely. Yeah, she seems like she's got a really good pedigree for you know being a brand ambassador for Piper. And now let's introduce our featured guest of this episode, Elle Taylor. So, Elle, welcome. Thank you. So, Elle, we're happy to have you. You are a brand ambassador with Piper Aircraft and a student with Minnesota State University in Mankato studying aviation. Yes. So tell us a little bit about yourself. I grew up in Rosemont, Minnesota, and uh, right now I'm studying to get a bachelor's degree in aviation at Minnesota State University, Mankato. Um, I'm almost done with my private pilot's license. I'm hoping to have my check ride pretty soon. I grew up in aviation. My stepdad, who I look to as a normal dad, actually built an airplane, which is why I fell in love with aviation. What did he build? Uh, He built a Vans-inspired RV-8. It's a super pretty dark blue color, and... A lot of people, when I show them pictures of it, say it looks like an airplane that you'd see in the future because it's super shiny. He's a clean freak, to say the least. And uh, with the top clear glass canopy, it's it's super beautiful. Wow, that sounds cool. I've always loved vans. They I, At some point, when I find time in my busy life, I want to have a Vans, uh, what's the four place, the 12? Yeah, I think, I think so. it's the 12. Or is it a 10? Whatever the four places. RV 10 is a four seat. 
Was there anything else that drew you to aviation besides your stepdad? He ultimately was the one that showed me um, or brought me into aviation, but I definitely had other people that inspired me along the way. A lot of his friends are pilots, and so when I got to know them, uh, they showed me what it was like too. And then um, I actually found a girl on Instagram and on TikTok. Her name is Stevie. And she posted a video of her traveling. I'm not, I don't remember where she was going. And I was like, wow, that's really cool. Like she has her own plane and her own hangar and she can fly around in Southern California and share with everybody what she's doing, which is something that I have always already done. Because back before I had the Piper position, I always would share when I would fly with my dad in the plane and go up and it always, this sounds super cheesy, but I always enjoyed going to the airport to go on vacation as much as I enjoyed the vacation. And I never really understood why as a child until now I look back at it and I'm like, you know, I loved going to the airport so much just because it was my passion. I just hadn't known it yet. So what drew you to Minnesota State? The main part of it was deciding between uh, Mankato and UND. And the main reason I picked Mankato over UND was because at the time, and I believe it's still the same way, you can't fly as a freshman unless you come in with your private pilot's license. Okay. Which at the time, I didn't have my private pilot's license. Mm -hmm. And I was super busy. I was on the dance team. And I knew that I wouldn't be able to get it before I went to college. So that's kind of what the main thing was. And then I toured it with Kevin um, over the summer going into my senior year. And just the way that, you know, we were greeted at the airport and just the environment was super welcoming. The person that gave us the tour um, was actually a sibling of one of my friends um, in high school. I just didn't know it until he asked where I was from. And He said to me that the one thing he liked about Mankato was that, you know, you could walk into the airport or walk into the hangar and everybody knew who you were and they could say hi and ask you how you are and they know you by a name rather than just like a number if you went to a bigger um, aviation school, which is the main thing that drew me also because I'm a big people person and I like those connections. So, yeah. You know, I think that's pretty awesome because it still kind of gives that hometown feel. So Maddie and I attended Liberty to finish off flight training and Maddie to get her her bachelor's degree. And one of our FBOs that we go to, which is now Aviate, is previously uh, Hummingbird Aviation. And Chris and a lot of the guys there, they have um, this kind of mentality that it's, hey, we're hometown. You know, it's kind of the hometown feel. Yes, Eden Prairie is a big airport, but hometown is is that that feeling that you want to be there. You want to have hangar talk. You want to enjoy your time there. You don't want to feel like you're taking advantage of uh, financially speak. So I can totally relate. I've, I've been down to Mankato. Uh, one of my fellow coworkers is an instructor down there. Went through the whole program, went through the, uh, the flight instructor deal, instructed for them for the longest time. And now is over at the airlines. And he said, you know, they, they remember your name. That's that's the one thing. So you, you kind of get that feel. So that's awesome. On top of that same feeling at the airport, it's also the same way on campus with a lot of the aviation professors. And I'm a part of what's called the learning community. It's a group of aviation students that will do events together and volunteer. And it's just a, it was a great way to meet friends freshman year because I think a lot of people's fears coming into college is, you know, where am I going to meet friends? You know, I don't want to just stay in my dorm all day. And because of that, I've actually met one of my best friends who was also um, studying aviation. And with that, we got to meet upperclassmen that I can look to. And then also one of my professors, her name is Sherry Rolfing. She works for Delta. And along with that, she's a professor at Mankato. And she was my professor for my private pilot ground school. She is seriously amazing and has totally inspired me in a way that reminds me you know, you're a female, not a lot of females are doing this, but you can do it and you, you know, can have a family and you can have a significant other and you can make a lifestyle out of it. I honestly don't know how she does it, how she works full time as a captain and has three boys. And I really do look up to her, especially for the long-term goals because she works so hard to what she's gotten to today. Huh. That sounds like a previous episode that we had, right, Maddie? Yeah, we had a ladies episode for fourth episode i think third fourth that was the one i listened to oh awesome yeah oh my gosh i was so awkward in that one i didn't know what to do with a guest or several guests so can you tell us what does a brand ambassador do i mean i've I've heard brand ambassadors through different other companies what does a brand ambassador do so we use our social media channels um, mainly for me 
it's Instagram, but some others will use TikTok as well um, to promote our pilot training journey um, at our schools. And while doing this, we want to use all of Piper's training products, like their airplanes. We can show off their backpacks, um, other products that Piper pilots will use during their training. And we basically show off on our page, you know, this is me, this is what I'm doing at my school, and I'm using this Piper plane, and you should come you know, fly at Mankato because we have, you know, G1000s and we have this and we have that. It's a great way to show off our school and also our Piper fleet, which is really cool, honestly. I've gone down to Mankato, flown down to Mankato numerous times and, you know, the, the purple, white and, and gold, I mean, that yeah. that's that's pretty iconic for, for Mankato. I think it's pretty cool. And, you know, just, just knowing that that training footprint and that and that program is still in existence, and I would say thriving when when other schools are getting rid of their their aviation curriculum because it is so financially taxing. Yeah. You guys are expanding. You guys are getting more aircraft. Uh, I I think you were saying that uh, that you're going to be going what uh, very shortly down to uh, Vero Beach to go grab some more airplanes. Yes, we got two Archer or three. It was either two or three Archers a couple months ago. And then tomorrow, actually, I'll be flying to Vero Beach to pick up, I believe it's two or three more archers. We have a lot of incoming students, and I've been told many times also that our program has been growing a ton. And along with that, our female count has been going up as well, which makes me really happy. Awesome. awesome. Now, what now? What do you do to get into to being a, a brand ambassador? Um, if you're looking more to start it at your school, you would want to contact a, a marketing advisor at your flight school to then contact Piper if you have a Piper fleet um, or majority of a Piper fleet. But I actually got an email from our marketing coordinator at North Star Aviation, which is the flight school that's paired with Mankato. And she asked me if I wanted to be interviewed for the Piper brand ambassador position through Mankato. I remember reading this email and I was like, what? I was like, I don't even really understand what that is. So I went on her Instagram page and I looked at it and I was like, oh, that looks pretty cool. And then I called my dad and I was like, dad, I, I got this email from Piper and school and they want to interview me for an ambassador position. And he freaked out and was like, Piper wants you to do that? That's so cool. You need to do that. And I kind of was thinking, I'm like, barely even know what Piper is, like, let alone anything else. I mean, that was only a couple months ago. And I have learned so much coming in here. Back in August, I was learning uh, about what an aileron was. And now I'm almost done with a private pilot's license. So I went in for the interview and they offered it to me actually on the spot. Then back in January, they did a Piper press release on their Instagram and a couple other social media platforms. And ever since then, I have been getting paid to promote Piper's planes and what I do at Mankato and show off to other people and hope to inspire them to come to a all Piper fleet school to fly. Which is pretty cool because if you ask me, if you're going from zero to hero, all in a Piper fleet, I mean, that that's that's iconic for Piper because... Yeah. They have the they have the special niche for pilot training. You know, their airplanes are solid. I I'm a huge fan of the Piper product. If you were to compare Cessna and Piper all day long, you know, Cessna's <laughs> I'm gonna get a lot of hate mail on this. Oh, this is our unpopular aviation opinion. Pipers are better than Cessna's. Get ahead of yourself here. <laughs> well, so the reason why I bring this up. The, the Piper versus Cessna debate. Yes, Cessnas have some advantages. Yes, Piper have some advantages. But if you look at horsepower to horsepower and a cost effectiveness economy, what I got for my for my Piper Cherokee, my PA28180, I bought it for, I'll, I'll be honest with you, I bought it for $25,000. You know, mid-time engine, really, really awesome paint scheme. A similar Cessna that wanted a 145 to 160 horsepower. This Cessna, you're looking at sixty or $70,000. So, Pipers really do have a bigger bang for their for the economic dollar. Having a Piper product going from zero to hero and being able to to demonstrate the plusnesses, if I can say that, all the positive aspects. Did you say plusness? <laughs> yes, I did. Plusnesses specifically. Can we have a vote on whether that's a, a real word or not? Um, oh, it is not a real word, but I'm making word. it a real word. It's not a real word. <laughs> I've. Uh, oh, you're a college student. Is that a real word? I've never heard it. Uh, <laughs> All right, all right. Not a real word, Trevor. Anyway. <laughs> Thanks for making me ruin my thought. But the, the life cycle of, of you as a training student, that's that's incredible. That's what Piper wants. I think that's and I think it's a smart marketing decision. I flew archers or Cherokees archers and then an arrow and a seminal. 
they fly almost identically as far as like handling, which I think is kind of cool, which is bouncing off your point, Trevor, like about how going from zero to hero. Now arrows are a less popular choice for for complex. Now it's um, mostly TAA that you do for commercial. But having done all of that, I've been thoroughly impressed with what Piper has. I think also for my generation, it's very visually appealing. You know, the pictures that I could post on my story, you have the G1000 there and it's the screens and it's colored and it's yeah. it's pretty, you know, to me, it's very easy to understand, obviously, because I know what everything says. But I think that's also kind of part of it that drew me to Mankato was because when I went to the airport and looked at the planes, my dad was like, oh my gosh, it has a G1000. Like, that's amazing. You should go here. And I think to my generation that, you know, is very drawing because we love our technology. And if I can look at a screen rather than, you know, a six pack, it's cooler. Yeah, there's a certain amount of trust there with the younger generation I've noticed is because we're, you know, we are used to relying on technology, not in the sense of like we're addicted to our phones, but it's like, oh, I know that things that are technological, that are advanced, have these certain fail safes and they're redundant and things like that. There's that automatic transfer of, hey, if this has a lot of electronics, it's probably, you know, more reliable, up to date. It's not going to give me this weird failure that I would have had to read a manual from the 60s that was written on a typewriter to actually figure out, you know. So I think there is some merit to that. My school has all, uh, all archers with G1000s too. So, uh, so you're, I guess, what would be considered like a, an influencer almost um, on social media. So how are you currently or how do you hope to in the future influence other aviators through your platform and through this brand ambassador program? I want to show them pretty much the love that I have for flying. And, you know, if they have that same love, I want to find that within them. The um, Stevie girl, is her name? Her name is Stevie. She yeah. had posted the picture on Instagram and explained her story and how she was scrolling through her Instagram Explorer page when she was in high school and saw a picture of a small plane. And that picture of that small plane is basically what inspired her to start flying. And, you know, that isn't the same case for me necessarily, but when I read that, I was like, wow, you know, one picture can impact her so much to now she's going to do this for a career. And I hope that, you know, my content and maybe just one video or one post can inspire somebody to want to fly, especially if they're female, since we don't have a lot of female pilots and show them, you know, you can do this and you're capable of doing it. Um, a little girl that I met one day told me, you know, oh, I thought it was the girls that worked in the plane and the guys were up front. And it's, you know, that's maybe what you think, but a lot of females can actually be pilots too. Has that mentality changed over the years? Yeah. So I think this is pretty awesome. A uh, funny thing too, some people might not find it funny, but I do is, you know, I tell people, oh, I'm going to school for aviation. It's like, oh, like a flight attendant? And I'm like, no, like the pilot. And they're like, oh, it's just funny to see their reaction because it is people assume that, you know, when you hear girls in planes, it's flight attendants, but um, which is actually funny because my mom previously was a flight attendant, uh, which is how she actually met my stepdad. Oh, that's so awesome. I've had fewer of those. Like people don't assume I'm being a flight attendant probably because I don't give that off, you know, <laughs> but I remember I was so excited to get my CFI because I would say, oh, I'm a commercial pilot. And people are like, oh, so who do you fly for? And then, then when I'm like, oh, well, I don't fly for the airlines. Yeah. They're like, oh, I don't care. So now I can say I'm a flight instructor. So people are like, oh, I see where you are on the totem pole, you know? Yeah. <laughs> But definitely, I know that a lot of women go through the, oh, so you're a flight attendant thing, a lot. But I think that perception is changing steadily, slowly. So you're in your pilot training career right now. Do you have any stories you want to share? Well, this isn't necessarily, this doesn't have to do with flying yet. I have another one that I'll tell. But this story is kind of how I met my stepdad and how he kind of got me into flying, um, which is a very funny story because he's the whole reason I... I give him all the credit for why I'm here today. Um, oh. But I was, it was my 12th birthday party and I was outside filling up water balloons. Um, I didn't know you had to put water balloons in water after you filled them up. So I was just setting them on a towel on the grass and they started popping. So I was panicking because I'm like 12 and I'm like, oh my gosh, my birthday party is going to be ruined. I don't have any water balloons for my water balloon th themed birthday party. So I remember running inside to my mom and I was like, mom, I don't know what to do. And 
she was like, well, go back outside and fill some up. I like, I'll, I'll figure it out. So I'm sitting outside filling up these water balloons. And I'm like super emotional. I'm honestly, I think I was crying. And then this truck pulled up in front of my house and this guy got out carrying this like huge storage container and like walked up to me, set it down on the sidewalk, looked down at me, smiled and he nodded and then he walked away. And I was like, that's really weird. And then he just drove off. I looked inside the bucket and there were water balloons. At the time, I was like, why did this stranger just like drop off water balloons? And how did he know? Came to find out that it was my mom's boyfriend at the time. I just didn't know it. And then he started becoming a big part of my life. And I um, grew up with him. And he took me up in his uh, van's airplane for the first time. And, you know, I wish I could say, you know, I immediately knew I wanted to fly. But I think it was... The gradual, you know, we're going to go on the plane. Do you want to come? Yeah. And I would go up with him. And to be honest with you, my childhood was very stressful. My parents were divorced. And going up in the plane and, you know, having the noise-canceling headphones on and just going by clouds and being up in the sky, nobody can really bother you up there. It's, It's peaceful. And I think that's also part of the reason what drew me to go up there was because it was a place where I could be and be very calmed. Another thing too is I've noticed over the years that I like to be in control of like what's going on. So I think having that control over the plane and being able to like manipulate it, I guess you could say in a way to do what, you know, I wanted it to do was super, um, just exhilarating to me. Kind of control your destiny, right? Yeah, yeah. And back to what I had said earlier about being a kid and loving, you know, going to the airport just as much as I loved going on the vacation, realizing that I could, you know, be a pilot as a career and as a job. And on top of that, travel, which is something that I've always loved to do, you know, it's kind of just what sold me. So before you tell your your next story, is airlines your goal or what exactly is your aviation goal? Yeah, I plan to finish up um, all my training here at Minnesota State University, Mankato, and then I'd like to become a flight instructor at North Star, just because I've already, you know, I feel like it's home and I've only been here for however long. And then after North Star, I'm hoping to work for a regional and then eventually work for Delta, just like my dad does. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. One thing I've I've always wanted to do is, so I'm a dad of two girls, and one of them is going to be three years old in, well, I don't know, 14, 13 days now. And it's, it's incredible. You know, I, I love my daughters, but my oldest will be the one that looks up to the, uh, to the sky when she hears a small little airplane, a, you know, a little prop job. She goes, airplane, daddy. I've never, I've never shown her an airplane in her life. I've never shown her that. I don't know where she got it from, but she just instinctively knows she, she equates airplane with daddy. And, eventually I'm going to get my CFI. I'm going to teach her how to fly an airplane. You know, it's going to be, that, that's going to be one of the coolest things in the world. So it's kind of, it kind of mirrors your, your kind of experience. You know, if we were to fast forward myself and my, my daughter, what kind of aviation story do you uh, foresee telling just in the future? Obviously you're, you're going to, you're going to go to the airlines. You're going to go be a flight instructor. What's that legacy look like for you? It's kind of the same way that it is right now with the Piper ambassador position. I just want to show, you know, other young aviators and not only men, but also female that, you know, you're capable of doing this and you don't have to go with what society says, you know, that males have to be pilots and females have to be the stewardess, you know, we can fly planes and we can, you know, work hard and we can do things that are not normal, I guess you could say. And I, I don't know about anybody else, but I can, I can tell you, I, I know a lot of female pilots that are a heck of a lot better pilots than me. So just put <laughs> that out there. My dad always, you know, says to me, oh, I already know. I don't even have to be there to see it, but you can walk through that airport and all those guys, they're just scared of you. Like, I don't think they're scared of me, which this is kind of a side note, but I physically, I'm very tall. I'm uh, six feet and walking through the airport sounds very mean. I can see a lot of the top of the guy's heads. (laughs) I thought of it like that. I was like, well, I guess maybe I'm intimidating because I'm tall, but he just was like, no, you're a female and you carry yourself well. And you know, you're confident, you know what you're doing. And you know, I'm also passionate about it, which totally helps. There's a lot to be said about that. Yeah. yeah. Passion and confidence are the two are the two biggest driving factors. As a passenger getting onto an airplane, how comfortable am I going to be 
with, with somebody behind the wheel. Am I going to be more comfortable with somebody who's more confident or somebody who's more timid? You know, I, I think it really goes back to that. So kudos. Yep. I think it's cool too that you're taking your flight training journey and you're putting that out there for others to see, especially in this time frame where there's such a push to find more pilots and there's changes in the dynamic of how they're going about doing that. Putting that out there, I think is just awesome. So that's really cool that you're able to have that opportunity to do that and that the Piper supports you through that too, um, not just for Piper aircraft, yeah. but for you know recruiting that next generation of pilots as well. It's awesome. Yeah, especially the ladies. Mm-hmm. I, I too have that passion. You're talking yeah. and I'm like, ah, I like not like see yourself in me. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And I'm, I'm so glad you have that confidence and that passion. It's really encouraging, I guess, to me to see other women especially who are as you know passionate for aviation as I am because you know it's it's a little it can be a little intimidating to some other people or it can be really off-putting and just like yeah you need to calm down like it's not that deep you know (laughs) which I feel that way sometimes because you know I've told people like this sounds super cheesy but the sky really is my happy place and they're like okay yeah, yeah whatever they don't get it, and that's okay. It's true. You have to be, you know, at the controls of a plane to realize, you know, this is where I want to be and what I want to do. And growing up in that with my dad's plane, it just totally sold me. You definitely got bit by the bug. <laughs> my mom has said that, you know, you got bit by the aviation bug, and yep. here you are. That's a thing. It's great. I, I walked into aviation knowing nothing. I didn't, like, a few months before I joined the Liberty Aviation Program— I didn't even know you could fly small planes. I thought there were like airline pilots and that was it. Even though I like live very close oh. to an airport, I'm aware of planes existing, but it just like, there was a cognitive disconnect there. I just didn't know that you could like do that, you know, or like yeah. you can just go and do that. What? You can. And I think that's a lot of things that a lot of people don't know. So, and that's awesome that, you know, with your brand ambassador thing, you're, you're getting that out there and saying, yeah, you can just like do that. <laughs> you like not even going to a school, like going to a college and doing it, but it's like, you can just go and do that. And I think that's a really cool thing for a lot of people, especially the younger ones. I got the opportunity to do a like sort of discovery flight um, as a birthday present for my middle school Latin teacher's daughter. She turned 12 and we, uh, I took them both up and uh, I think now she like, that's what she wants to do. She wants to fly. She's 12, but you know, that is, as long as that's fostered, it's like, oh yeah, like I showed somebody that they can just go do that. Love to see the passion. And it's great that you have that platform to you know, influence others to uh, pick up the yoke. Yeah. And then there was something I wanted to say also, Trevor, yes. you mentioned, um, you know, you know, pointing up to this guy and being like, daddy, my uh, nephew uh, does the same thing with my, with my dad. And it's, oh, it's Papa Kevin. Is that Papa Kevin? Um, which I, totally reminded me of him you know pointing up to the sky he actually had a airplane themed birthday party this past uh, December so Mm. totally inspiring them when they're very young and then even when they're older too I actually had the opportunity to take an aviation class um, through a local high school Um, it was a two-hour block so I would drive to that high school and take the class and then drive back to my um, home high school I think that also helped boost my want to fly and I actually emailed that teacher and said, you know, if you ever want someone to come in and talk about what it's like to be a female student or just a flight student, especially at Mankato, I totally would be willing to go in because, you know, he would have people like me or even, you know, pilots that already work for, you know, some country or Delta come in and just listening to them and asking them those questions. It's, it's really all about those connections that you make. And that's mm-hmm. where, you know, how I've gotten to where I am today. Very cool. Yeah. Do you want to tell your flying story? I just want to hear it. I'm curious. You're good. So a little backstory. When I was flying in my dad's RV8 when I was younger, he would tell me he uh, would barrel roll it. And I couldn't do it for the longest time. He like was timid to let me, you know, be in the plane when he did it. I was so eager. I was like, just do it. Like, I want to, I want to do it. This is so cool. Like, why can't we do it? And eventually we did it and I was addicted to it. And I wanted him to do so many roles. He'd throw up in the plane. Um, <laughs> and there was a day down here um, that I didn't have any classes. It was beautiful out. And he texted me and was like, you know, I think I'm going to come down to Mankato and like see you for a little bit today. And I was like, okay, like, great. 
So we flew down in the RV and landed, and um, I had a couple of my friends come out and see the plane, and he asked me, he's like, so, you know, you want to, like, come in the plane, and I'll teach you how to roll it? And I was like, me? Like, me roll the plane? And he's like, yeah. And I was like, yeah, are you kidding me? Like, (laughs) what? Because there is a stick in the back. It's tandem seating, and there is a stick in the back. And he's always said, you know, since you've been little, don't touch the stick. Don't touch it. So I've never touched it or anything. And so we went up, and it was super cool because we're in Mankato, which I consider Mankato Airport home. We took off from Mankato with a lot of the other flight school planes here and brought me out to kind of a practice area and he taught me how to roll the plane and it was one heck of a feeling you know pulling back on the stick and he told me when we were at a high enough angle for it and because of the positive g's you know your hair doesn't like fall up or anything so I I just set my phone on my thigh so you have a like a video of the glass top and I just pull back the stick a little bit and he just tells me when to go and you push the stick all the way to the side and we did a roll and then you roll out wings level once you're obviously at the horizon and I've rewatched that video a million times and just even watching myself afterwards is it's crazy to think that I did that I've also I've done it many times since but it was one heck of a feeling being able to roll an airplane and you know, not many people can say that they've done that. So I would consider it really cool. And it's just something that I'll never forget. Oh, that's such an awesome moment, especially when it's you and your dad, you know, Mm. that's so sweet. I'm hoping the roles are kind of reversed, like your dad flew, but my dad's never flown. Like I'd taken him up a couple of times, but my goal is to teach him. So sometime here down the road, we can buy a Satabria or a decathlon and that might be in the cards. Yeah, doing that would be really cool. And if that's not in the cards, then uh, then you're failing as a pilot, Maddie. Oh my gosh! <laughs> wow, I know. <laughs> Says the one. Yeah, whatever. I'm Good sorry. Grief. Who has more ratings, Trevor? <laughs> Are we really going down that Pretty road? Today? It's going to be L if you're not careful. Who has <laughs> Who has more flight time, Maddie? I think we Kevin. have an equal flight time. Kevin does. I decided. Who's <laughs> Kevin? I don't, it's I don't her, know who Kevin is. Her my, my dad. Her dad. Oh, yeah. I, I don't know. I'm sorry. I, I oh, don't remember on, that. Oh, Jeez. My memory's not that great. Come on. <laughs> yeah, he was actually a, uh, a mechanic on cars for a long time before he was a pilot. And then he went to St. Louis University Parks College for aviation and got all of his um, licenses and ratings done. And he always likes to flex oh I finished in two years and four months L and then he flew (laughs) for (laughs) well exactly he's like so are you gonna like graduate early I'm like I'm a freshman like (laughs) but here's the thing if you do it slower you're gonna enjoy it a lot more it's gonna be less of a chore if you take your time with it and really enjoy it and you soak all of it up exactly because if you if you're just sitting there you know burning holes around the pattern, you're going to get very tired of it very quickly. You're like, this is not a lot of fun. Flying opens up a lot of avenues. Yeah. So. Which is why I, I've always said, I'm like, yeah, I don't, I don't think I'll graduate early. I might finish, you know, some of my ratings or licenses earlier and maybe I'll become a flight instructor senior year, depending on, you know, how well things go. But I for sure want to soak up my four years of college because, you know, after this, it's, it's go time. Aviation school is four yeah. years, you know, sometimes even three. And, you know, after that schooling, yeah, you're going to continue learning the rest of your life, but it's not, you know, oh, I'm a student at Mankato and, you know, I'm in college and I live the college life. After that, it's more just living your life along with learning still. Yep. Yeah. We appreciate your time. Yeah. Um, we're going to definitely want to have you on a little bit later on as you progress through your, Absolutely. Through your training and, and kind of give us a little bit more lowdown on, uh, on, Piper and, and let us know how everything's going. Yeah. You know, we, we would definitely like to hear more from you. And, and again, we appreciate your time very, very much. So. Yeah. I'm glad that I was able to come on yeah, with you guys. This is awesome. Thank you. Thanks again. Best of luck to you. She's sweet. Yeah. She's, like yeah, she's cool. Well, we definitely want to thank Elle for coming on board with our podcast. Um, she's obviously got a lot of experience that she's going to be gaining through not only the Piper brand, but also through her flying experience. And we're looking forward to really following her through her education career. 
and following her into her professional career. If you'd like to follow Elle, she's got a number of places on social media that you can follow her, including TikTok and Instagram. She is at captain.l, so C-A-P-T dot E-L-L-E on Instagram and TikTok. I don't know about you guys, but I'm pretty excited for next episode. I am too. This is going to be a lot of fun. Now, we're not going to tell you a whole lot about it, but we will tell you that this little cliffhanger, it'll be worth it. Yeah, I know we're biased to this podcast, but I'm, I'm really excited for this next one. It's going to be a really, really cool guest that I think that you guys are all going to really enjoy. It's going to be a surprise. You'll just have to stay tuned for it. So though we're not going to tell you right now who our next guest is going to be, if you pay attention to our social media over the next couple of weeks, we will have little breadcrumbs that might give you some hints on who we're bringing on. So if you want to play along, go ahead. Otherwise, you will see in a few weeks who we've got in store for you. If you enjoyed this episode, please like it, subscribe to our podcast, follow us on our social medias. We are on Facebook and feel free to check out our website, flyingmidwest.com. And if you do have any other comments or questions or just want to reach out, you can also reach us at our email, flymidwestpodcast at gmail.com. It is extra helpful if you leave reviews and give us ratings within the actual podcasting apps themselves. It helps us grow our audience and reach more aviation enthusiasts just like you. Thank you. All right. Well, this has been a lot of fun, guys. But until next time, see ya. See ya. See ya. Thanks so much for joining us on the Flying Midwest Podcast. Until next time, podcast service terminated, Squawk VFR, frequency change approved. Good day. And now, my sister. I'm Maddie's sister. Maddie can't fly. Welcome to the blooper reel. (laughs) I single-handedly destroy this podcast. Look at me. I am big and powerful. Oh, that is so funny. Remember 30 years ago when I was a big deal? (laughs) (laughs) Going to Waterloo, Iowa, a plane back on March 5th decided to slide off the runway due to inclement weather. Now this- uh, Decided to? How do you like that? (laughs) It's like, you know what? This weather blows. Why are we even here? (laughs) Bye. I was just going to keep it going. And then thanks, Maddie. (laughs) Who brought me to Iowa? I'm done with this. Just, I'm good. I give up. Right off the runway I go. Goodbye, cruel world. (laughs) My family and I are going on a trip instead of going out to Lynchburg because I don't feel like walking. Why? Because you can fly instead of walk. (laughs) My gosh, that was such a bad joke. But it's flying over again. It's doing airplane stuff. Tell them to stop. You're recording. Hey, you guys, stop. I need to keep on recording here. Go stand outside (laughs) and shake your fist in the air vigorously. Old man yells at Cloud. You know what my nickname here is? Old, Old man. man. Grandpa. 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 <laughs> oh, that's good. That's even better. Hey, Gramps. What should I say instead, Maddie? Trevor. Leroy. Jenkins. <laughs> Let me restart. Okay, you're doing terrific. <gasps> I forgot to tell you guys, I flew for the first time in seven months. Are you proud of me? Proud of you. Yay, and I didn't kill anybody. That's really an important goal when you're flying. They don't. Down to Wichita, go. Which is in Kansas, which is in the Midwest. In the Midwest. Southern Midwest. It's still it's, the Midwest. It's like the Arkansas of the Midwest. It's whatever. Arkansas is sort of Midwest. No, it is not. No, it's not. It's south. Can't Colorado's take you anywhere. also somewhat Midwest. Nope. L. Taylor. L. L. Bean. I'm going to say that. (laughs) I peaked in high school, guys.